a young man started a multi-million dollar company centered around the cryptocurrency Bitcoin. And then he died. Or did he? I'm your host, Koi, and this is the story of Gerald Cotton. I'm going to start this off with the disclaimer that I do not know much about cryptocurrency, cold wallets, the blockchain exchanges, and all of that stuff, and I'll do my best to describe what I've learned while researching as this comes up, and I'll also do my best to keep too much of that lingo out of this. In December of 2018, Gerald Cotton and his wife Jennifer Robertson went on a honeymoon in India, where they were also funding the opening of an orphanage. Things took an unexpected turn when Gerald became pretty sick. He was already diagnosed with Crohn's disease. While in India, he was seen by a doctor and diagnosed with having septic shock and intestinal obstruction. Then, the next day, he died after having an episode of cardiac arrest. On face value, this is an extremely sad story, and it may very well be just that. Or, there may be more to it. And this is the beginning of one of the greatest scams ever, and the story of how one man disappeared with $250 million. But let's back up. According to the Vanity Fair profile on Gerald, in the summer of 2017, he and Jennifer showed up at Sunnybrook Yachts, which is the largest yacht brokerage on the east coast of Canada. At the time, Gerald and Jennifer were dating, and Gerald didn't look like their normal customer. Instead of a suit, he wore a wrinkled golf shirt. He was pale, like he hadn't seen the sun much, let alone on a boat. They ended up buying a $600,000 yacht. It had three cabins, a dining area that held six people, washer, dryers, a full bathroom, complete with a stand-in shower, and Gerald named the boat Gulliver. Gerald and Jennifer owned several rental properties and had recently bought an island off the coast of Mahone Bay, where they were clearing land to build a house. But real estate wasn't really where he made all of his money. Gerald graduated from York University in Toronto with a degree in business administration in 2010. Soon after that, he learned about Bitcoin. In 2013, he founded Quadriga with a guy named Michael Patron. At the time, Gerald was only 25 years old. The Globe and Mail newspaper later identified Michael Patron to be Omar Dahani, who changed his name to Michael Patron in October of 2008. Omar was part of an online ring that would steal people's identities and credit card information in the early 2000s. In May of 2007, he was sentenced to 18 months in fertile prison and then deported back to Canada. Michael continues to be a shareholder in Quadriga to this day, but denies that he was ever really Omar, but back to Quadriga. Quadriga was a cryptocurrency exchange. Basically, you put money in there and exchange it for other cryptocurrencies or assets. So people would give Quadriga money. They, in turn, would use it to purchase Bitcoin. 
In 2014, Quadriga installed the second Bitcoin ATM in Vancouver, Canada. A video went viral of Gerald showing a young child how to operate the machine, which was supposed to show people that it was so easy that even a kid could do it. In 2016, the company tried to raise money to be listed on the Canadian stock market. They raised $850,000 and then canceled their plans. Shortly after that, the board of directors all quit, leaving just one person working for the company, Gerald Cotton. Quadriga didn't have an office, didn't have a bank account, and no other employees. Gerald ran the company completely from his MacBook. In 2017, Bitcoin skyrocketed, valuing up to $20,000. About $1.2 billion worth of Bitcoin was exchanged on Quadriga. In June of 2017, Quadriga, or at this point I guess just Gerald, announced that they lost $14 million worth of another cryptocurrency, Ethereum, due to a programming error. In 2018, customers of Quadriga started reporting that they were experiencing delays in getting their money whenever they tried to withdraw the money. On November 27, 2018, Gerald signed his will. The will would leave Jennifer his $9.6 million estate, an airplane, the yacht, a 2017 Lexus, and other real estate that they had acquired, and a $100,000 trust fund that was set up to provide lifelong care for their two chihuahuas. Twelve days after the will was signed, Gerald died in India. The death certificate was signed by Dr. Nindia, and one thing that clearly stands out is the misspelling of Gerald's last name, which is spelled Cotton, C-O-T-T-E-N. But on the death certificate, it spells Cotton, C-O-T-T-A-N, so they just used an A instead of an E, which this could just be something that is a small error, but it's on something as significant as a death certificate. Even though it could be a small error, that doesn't mean much. Here's where things get interesting and where the conspiracy theories start. When Gerald died, there was approximately $250 million of clients' money that was invested and supposed to be stored in what's called cold wallets, which act as like a bank deposit box for the blockchain of cryptocurrency. Gerald was the only person who had the password to the account to access the money. $250 million, a company being ran off of his laptop, the password was not saved or written down, allegedly, and no one else had it but Gerald. Blockchain analysts have since reported that they have been unable to find any evidence of Quadriga's cold wallets on the blockchain. A financial firm, Ernest & Young, found five cold wallets that they believed belonged to Quadriga, but the wallets were completely empty and they did not contain any money since April of 2018. So the conspiracy theories continued because now, where's the money? To add to the mystery, Gerald was allegedly embalmed by a doctor at a medical college in India after the first doctor refused to do so. He was buried five days later at a closed casket funeral. There are currently four agencies investigating this case, including the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the FBI, and two others who have not been named. 
The big question is, did Gerald really die? Or did he take the money, fake his death, and now is living his life out somewhere else under a different name, waiting for things to cool down for his wife to be able to join him? Oh, and also, India is apparently one of the easiest places to get a fake death certificate. For only about $500, you can get one. So, what do you think? You think Gerald died in India? Or do you think he has the money and is somewhere else? This is going to bring us to a conclusion of this episode. So, go follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Crime Nerds Podcast. Send me a message or a comment on the post. And let me know what you think really happened. And thank you so much for listening.